Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Pundits Pub, from New York City, the American heartland, and around the world, I'm Stephen Love. And today's menu opens with our Pundits Pub overview. Then we'll be joined by our wonderful entree, Bill Dean, former CBS News editor, who will discuss how the corporate news media have failed the American people. Then we'll bring in our pundits and chow down on the meat of this fabulous feast of ideas. That's what Pundit's Pub is, a feast for the mind, a special place to relax and have a few laughs while we talk about some pretty darn important things. Pundit's Pub is about making you a pundit. Who needs those corporate media talking heads who obscure the important issues behind their cloud of propaganda? We want to hear from you, whether you're left, right, or center. In the weeks ahead, we'll be integrating our social media with the podcast and rolling out our website, where you can visit and get a chance to become a Pundit's Pub Pundit and help us build our community with user-generated content. Pundit's Pub welcomes the radical exposure of truth. And while I certainly come from the left, it doesn't mean that all of our pundits do. But I'm the proprietor of Pundit's Pub, so my house, my rules. One of them is we are going to condemn neoliberalism. If you don't know what neoliberalism is, don't worry, you're going to hear a lot about it here on Pundit's Pub. We believe economic justice is the foundation issue of all issues. And we will respect identity, but we don't want to get bogged down in identity politics. There's no lack of political and cultural issues for us to chew over, but we're also going to have some fun. So grab a cocktail and join us as we expose the concentration of wealth and power as Noam Chomsky has identified them in his wonderful book and documentary Requiem for the American Dream. We will point out the 10 principles of this concentration as practiced by the masters of mankind. Their principles are reduce democracy, shape ideology, redesign the economy, shift the burden, attack solidarity, run the regulators, engineer elections, keep the rabble in line, manufacture consent, and marginalize the population. We're also going to shine an intense light on the failures and continued dysfunction of the democratic establishment and how neoliberal Democrats are interested in one thing only, their own power and self-preservation. We're also going to focus on nice things like examples of ethical business practices. They do exist, by the way. And we're not anti-business here. Hell, most of us are in business one way or the other. 
That doesn't mean that we must like how it's practiced these days. We'll look at how the greed is good mentality of the Reagan counter-revolution transformed American business from embracing the philosophy of stakeholder engagement, valuing your clients and respecting your counterparties, into this dog-eat-dog, caveat-emptor, corporate raider predation racket that has co-opted government. Pundit's Pub is alternative media, and we're not afraid of any ideas here. And today, we look at the corporate news media and why it's a disaster. On Monday, in the wake of the Bill O'Reilly firing, former Fox News host Andrea Tantaros said she was spied on and terrorized by Fox News executives. While over at MSNBC, Rachel Maddow is pushing the Russian narrative in order to absolve Hillary Clinton of any guilt for her loss to Donald Trump. And the major news operations plug terrorism, crime, and the weather instead of doing hard-hitting investigative pieces about economic inequality. Our special guest for Pundit's Pub show number one is Bill Dean. Bill is a veteran newsman. And an Hello there, everybody. There he is. Bill, you're an investigative reporter. You are an anchorman on radio and TV around the country. And you were a news editor at CBS News for a couple of decades. And you won the Edward R. Murrow Award for best coverage of a major breaking news event for the coverage of the Yitzhak Rabin assassination. And Bill Dean is also the author of Smooth Criminal, a one-man American crime wave, which, which exposes CIA shenanigans running common thugs into Cuba during the Kennedy years. Welcome to Pundit's Pub, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. We've got some Bill. good information for people. Great. Corporate news has deteriorated rapidly in the past couple of decades. What happened to the news? I think that uh, corporations are uh, to blame. Uh, you, you don't have an independent CBS News anymore, an ABC, Disney. I asked uh, one of the guys uh, who proudly said, I'm, I'm an ABC investigative journalist, and uh, I, I said, what would happen if you and your wife and your two kids went down to Disney World and you thought there was something wrong with one of the, one of the rides? Uh, and he, he shook his head, and in unison we said, we do what we can. A story like that would never be exposed. Why not? Why not? Because corporations do not. Corporations are living with the government. Uh, they want to make deals. They want to be covered if they have a problem. Uh, they are. It's like one big corporation against the people of the United States. Uh, you can you can say ABC and CBS and NBC are in competition only superficially. They all do the same thing. Trump is. What happened? Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I thought that I... you were going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Trump is pissed off uh, with uh, uh, son-in-law Jared uh, Kushner uh, taking a week off for a skiing trip 
in Aspen, Colorado, with his family. It seems like wife Ivanka and he are part of the so-called inner circle that Trump says is so important to him. And uh, he says he relies so much on them. And there he was, pretty much alone with uh, with uh, his family gone, having a good time. And um, th- that did not set well. Now, uh, Ivanka, after, is, uh, has uh, put on another pair of... Uh, of jeans, and she's over to um, uh, Berlin. And uh, after, uh, oh, she sure did. This was uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but Trump had uh, really treated uh, the uh, Chancellor Angela Merkel uh, very, very badly. And um, in fact, the only thing that Merkel was doing was making faces with him when he when uh, they were at the White House. Now we've got. Uh, uh, Ivanka over there, and she's being booed because the way Angela Merkel was being treated at the White House just a few days ago. Yeah, but he so, he looked like an idiot next to her. Oh well, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the German people in the audience over in Berlin yesterday, they let him have it. They let her, uh, the substitute, have it. Uh, it seems the Kishner family, with the children, enjoyed a week-long vacation while Dad Trump was fuming at the White House, trying to avoid the uh, United States budget crash, uh, which could happen as early as this Saturday. There's very little publicity about this, but um, we can go broke on Saturday, and the government will have to shrug its shoulders and say, hey, you're not going to get paid. Uh, the government workers, and it could start uh, actually on this Saturday. And I don't understand why it's not. Uh, it's I, not I think being the press enough. is. Yeah, I think the I think the press is uh, just saying it's not going to happen. If it doesn't happen on Saturday, it's going to happen on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, now Trump looks at the possibility of a government shutdown, and out of the generosity of his Mexican wall and sacrifices some of the money for the wall, he says, don't worry about it. I'm going to take the money from the wall, and I'm going to temporarily uh, uh, keep the government operating. Well, Jeff, uh, Jeff Sessions, I think, yes, said yesterday that, oh, we can pay for the wall by because all of these uh, tax credits are going to Mexicans. So we'll, we'll get rid of that. But, what Bill, uh, back to the media today, I was uh, the three major networks. I w- sort of surveyed their nightly newscasts. And the number one story on both on CBS, NBC and ABC was Trump's tax cut plan. Yeah, the. The tax cuts um, are going to be for the um, for the rich, and um, it's it's a crime because the the poor people you can throw money at the poor people and they all go out and spend it. They don't have enough. They can't put it in savings, but you uh, you treat the the wealthy and the wealthy do not spend the money. They put it in for investments, and you never you never get to see the money. You want you want the money to circulate. And it doesn't with the rich. And well, yet what we've Trump got is... here is we've, we've got trick, trickle-down economics part 22 happening now with this tax plan because they're, they're going to, to cut 
they're saying, oh, we're going to cut individual rates from seven to, to three categories, 10 percent, 25 percent, 35 percent as the top rate. And they're going to they want to eliminate the estate tax. They want to slash all these taxes. They want to they want to put the uh, corporate rate down to 15 percent from uh, like 36 percent. You know, Bill, when I was born in uh, <clears throat> a few years ago, the the percentage of federal tax revenue from corporations was 35 percent. Today, that number is nine percent with yep. all of their tax dodging that happens. Do you think that the, the media really covers the, the effect of tax policy? No, the media, the media don't really understand it, and uh, they attend a news conference, and they get a handout, and they rework the handout, and that's what, that's what happens. And they're afraid to do otherwise, because they might actually make some news. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened, Bill? I mean, remember people like, I don't know, obviously Edward R. Murrow, and, and we had Walter Cronkite was the most trusted mm-hmm. Uh, person yeah. in in America and and even in you know the early years of 60 Minutes did hard hitting investigative reporting. And oh, it's all yeah. gone. It's all gone. It is gone. And uh, in fact, uh, my controversial book on the CIA uh, was uh, going to go on 60 Minutes. I won't embarrass the correspondent uh, at this particular point. Maybe he. Maybe I, I'm sure that he would accept Steve Croft. Um, and uh, he wanted to know how, how my book was coming, and I kept telling him I'm still working on it. And one day I emailed him, and I said, the book is ready for publication. And immediately he wrote back and said, again, I, I want that book. And uh, then about uh, two weeks later, uh, there was a big discussion, we could say, on the telephone with Steve on the phone. And... Uh, uh, we could hear that there was an argument going on, and the answer was, hey, you know, we like the CIA, and the CIA likes us, and we want to keep it that way. Don't We don't want to embarrass this, even though it's the truth. We've just got to hide it. And, and Bill, in a nutshell, basically, your, your, your book, Smooth Criminal, focuses on one particular individual who's a, a common criminal that the CIA uh, sort of infiltrated into to Cuba, and then he came out at a certain point, and he, he basically, with the CIA turning their heads the other way, created this, this wide path of collateral damage with, with civilians in America, like t- taking them, yeah, committing they, crimes uh... upon them. They they were uh, uh, under pressure by Bobby Kennedy to uh, get Castro, and uh, he really became so irritated. Actually, the mob was working both sides of the street. They were working for Castro, and they were working for Bobby Kennedy, and uh, neither side knew it as far as I know, but maybe Castro knew <laughs> that it was going both ways. These... these uh, 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 People uh, were just, uh, uh, the CIA had to get people to, um, uh, who were daring enough to, uh, to go over to a place like uh, uh, Cuba and uh, find out what's going on and particularly to kill people if necessary. And where do you find those people? You find them in the jails of America. 
and um, that's where so many of these guys that uh, lost their lives over over in in Cuba uh, came from. And uh, Brian Littell, uh, former top guy at the CIA years ago, said that we were totally stupid. He said. There, we thought that uh, uh, Castro was just a banana republic over there, and uh, we didn't have to worry about this guy. And at that particular time, the the Cubans had spies in uh, in Switzerland, and uh, they were inside the CIA. They were over in um, several other countries, and right. uh, they. It's it's just uh, amazing that the. The United States government could not figure that out. Now, why did they go to jails? Of course, you find them there, as I say. But they, the 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 people that uh, are, uh, if they're caught, are are jailbreakers. So all they would say is, well, I mean, we don't know how he got out, but uh, yeah, he's been out for two years. We've been looking for him. Right. They really so, were not looking for so, him. So 60 Minutes didn't want to even delve into this story. And, um, you know, it shows the editing that takes place. You were a news editor. <laughs> but the type of editing that happens with uh, the sorts of activities that you uh, describe, um, it, it's almost like the uh, – Corporate media has just become stenographers for the uh, propaganda of uh, uh, the United States government. Now, Bill, we're going to bring in um, our uh, our panel. We don't have a huge panel today, but we've got um, <clears throat> with us Pundit's Pub producer Falcon. Falcon is a philosopher, a technologist. He's an author and, and an award-winning photographer through his boutique House of Night Falcon. He's the author of the book The Protest and the Silence that examines man's fraught relationship to God through the prism of the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. How are you, Falcon? I'm here, Mr. Love. How are you this evening? I'm very good. We've also got with us tonight John Worley in Minneapolis, St. Paul, I think it's two cities. They're sort of next to each other. There's some river that runs through them. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the Mississippi River. John is a filmmaker. He's a writer and an actor. His award-winning documentary, Pride of Lions, is about the aftermath of the Civil War in the African nation of Sierra Leone. And his play, Trust, a look at clergy abuse was recently done regionally in Minnesota. John, welcome to Pundit's Pub. Oh, I got to turn you on. There you are. There's your mic. I'm sorry, John. How are you? Well, well th- thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm good. All right, and thanks for for joining us tonight. And obviously, our our topic is uh, the corporate media and how you know Pundit's Pub were being kind of an alternative media here. Um, do you fellows remember when um, the news actually uh, news organizations acted responsibly? Well, you got to. Um, they sure could uh, do a lot more than they than they do today. Uh, but Edward R. Murrow, who we all love in broadcasting, and we all respect, uh, Edward R. Murrow himself uh, was fired by CBS. They uh, 
he got he got to do too much when when it was uh, when he exposed the uh, the sharecroppers that come into the United States and the you know little kid uh, is not going to school he's being bused from one one place to the other from Maine down to Florida and then back up again uh, if they got hurt in the machinery or something nothing would happen and Murrow exposed all of that and that was the one that got him fired mm. uh, he would do other stories and those stories would not uh, um, uh, not materialize on the air you know where we're well, at now actually um, Politico yesterday did a, an interesting story a story called the media bubble is real and worse than you think and uh, they start with a quote from Steve Bannon the, the fascist uh, senior strategist to Donald Trump where he said uh, the media bubble is the ultimate symbol of what's wrong with this country it's just a circle of people talking to themselves who have no fucking idea what's going on and then they delve into this uh, uh, study uh, that was done, and it talks about how uh, the newspaper industry has jettisoned hundreds of thousands of jobs due to falling advertising revenues. Daily and weekly newspaper publishers employed about 455,000 reporters, clerks, salespeople, designers, and the like in 1990. And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, by January 2017, that workforce had more than halved to 173,900 people. Um, John Worley, how, you sort of lived through the presidential election out there in the Midwest. How was the local media uh, covering it, and did, what did you think of the quality? Well, you know, I listened to um, you know, NPR a lot, and, and it, there seems to be, um, you know, I some respectability there, and and uh, I, I I don't know that uh, um, the local news is the local news, and it is it, it's it's kind of on the surface, and there isn't really any in depth reporting, and there's been complaints of, even about NPR now that they've gone too far right in terms of who they let on the air. But NPR, and, they're nationwide. And, what about in Minneapolis? What's like the big well, newspaper there? I don't even know. Well, the Star Tribune and the and the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and you know the it's traditionally a DFL state, and it surprised everybody the impact uh, that that Trump ultimately had here, and um, you know when Saturday Night Live did that you know sketch about people watching the returns. It mirrored the evening I spent with friends in Edina, which is a Western bedroom community that I grew up in. And and everybody was just, you know, kind of uh, readjusting their point of view in favor of Hillary all night long until everybody sat there in shock, you know, with a with a piece of popcorn in their hand uneaten. I mean, it was it was it. You know, we have the voice of reason in Franken and A.B. Klobuchar and people like that who were always heard. So I don't know that that I can complain a whole lot about um, hearing the other side of things and maybe some a little more in depth because I happen to respect those guys and, and, you know, and, and Amy because they're smart and uh, they tend to say things that 
uh, go below the surface. So um, maybe Falcon would be a better person to ask since he's from, I think he's, you know, living, living more in a Greensboro, in a area. The, the purple yeah. state of North Carolina, Falcon. Home of the bathroom bill. Yes, we are focused on very important things here. You do one of those and, uh, you know, then we, we, we delete the important news. You know, I mean, there's so much controversy well, on well, the bathroom and, and bill. You know what? That, that's by design. Yes, they do this absolutely. On it's, absolutely. It's to distract you. Mm-hmm. From well, you know, I'd like really to ask a question. On. I'd like to ask a question in terms of how we got here. And do you think it had anything to do with the advent of reality television and how uh, that pendulum swung so far to the left? And then it actually, um, in my estimation, brought on the advent of the golden age of television when the writing came back. It came back strong, and it came back, you know, uh, uh, across a cable. Now. Do you think that that the the news shows uh, you know got on board with reality television and the tone and never really caught up again? I mean, uh, you know, what what's your view on that, Bill, um, or Steve, or anybody? Okay. Yeah, um, it, it's it's so programmed that um, you know, and with, with these news conferences. Uh, I, I found that if you really want to do something uh, as a as a journalist, um, you've got to you can do it in the middle middle sized towns usually. Uh, if you're in a little town, it's usually some big factory there, and you cannot report on pollution. They'd run you out of town. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Montana is a perfect example of that. They got smelters up there and everything. And in fact, I know a UPI guy that was chased literally out of town. Uh, I was able to uh, to expose uh, things against Eastman Kodak, for example, in Rochester. They didn't know how to handle me uh, uh, because they had never had they have never had a real journalist up there. And uh, we exposed the pollution of Lake Ontario today. I mean, Eastman Kodak is gone, but a photographer went out uh, this past year and uh, went into the middle of uh, Lake Ontario in his little boat, and uh, he was able to take a negative uh, and get a negative from the photography. He put it in the water. There, there was there is that much acid in Lake Ontario today. Oh my and God! When I was a kid, uh, the Genesee River goes right into Lake Ontario, and uh, you can you can sit. Uh, I, as a kid, I didn't know any better, and uh, we just thought it was fun. We'd take our bicycles and we'd be sitting on the other side. Kodak has all of its buildings over on one side, of course, so that they can dump into uh, the uh, the river that goes into Lake Ontario, and uh, we would see green coming down into the water for half an hour and then we we'd see red going into it and all day long and all night long for a hundred years and nothing was done uh you had you had some scientists up in buffalo that are talking but nobody's listening and uh, the scientists in rochester were were just silenced 
and we have miscarriages uh, in half of Rochester. Uh, well, the smokestacks are no longer uh, spewing all the all, all the mercury and so forth. But uh, until Kodak was uh, shut down virtually, uh, the the um, the people um, the women had uh, double two and a half times the normal miscarriages in Rochester. But they don't Half want to hear of, about that. No, you're absolutely right. But and, I had uh, a, I actually, had a party. I had a party when I went there because little me and my radio station and I had a guy by the name of Bob Keeve who I totally admire and who the networks keep away from. Uh, he he was a dedicated journalist. He he wrote. Uh, he was a speechwriter for Eisenhower during World War II, and I, I he never turned me down. Never. And, uh, I mean, we were really <laughs> to talk about ratings. Uh, boy, oh boy, everybody and uh, the paper didn't know what to do with us. And uh, one time it, I – go ahead. No, I'm Bill, I'm just w- wondering um, to see the direction you're going here. I mean, is there anybody out there? I mean, when you, when you can't even uh, highlight 60 Minutes as a reliable news source – the most award-winning, you know. Well, I mean, is there anybody on the landscape that 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 you you would you would recommend we listen to or or follow or even in the printed media? I think that this guy Bob Keefe, who's out in uh, uh, San, uh, San Diego, no, um, um, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, he he went out there and bought radio stations and became very very wealthy. But he never had anybody uh, that was doing investigative journalism like this. And I'm sure that if he could find one, he he would he would get it. Uh, but uh, the he, he uh, really uh, should should shed an uh, 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 come up with an example. He should be the example for broadcasting and for for news. Uh, we took on everything. There wasn't one time that he didn't. I mean, he said, you better be careful and so forth. And one time he, uh, we had a sponsor. Our ratings were so high, but the, uh, the sponsor said, I'm, I'm canceling uh, all, of, all of the whole package. And uh, he, he honestly said, he said, uh, well, he said, you could do that. Uh, it's, uh, but I'm telling you, if you, if you, you just don't like the story that the news is putting out, you're not saying that it's wrong. If it was wrong, uh, we would do something about it. And, uh, he said, but you can't, all you say is that it's an embarrassing story for you. And he says, it's going to stay. And, uh, the sponsor stayed too. But how about that? You, That's you what corporatism this. is. That's what corporatism is. And we've got now, obviously, the, the role of the media in democratic society is to challenge power. Falcon, do you think that the media can safeguard democracy? No. Absolutely not. Why would we have such an illusion? I think that uh, it's it's crazy with these uh, kids going to um, uh, they see journalists uh, in the movies and they think it's pretty exciting and uh, they they want to be uh, a journalist and what what is happening is that it's just synonymous it's with public relations 
the the kids major, major in journalism for four years and they work hard and uh, what they get is a public relations job with a big corporation right it's all propaganda. that's all that's offering them it's, it's part of it's part of manufacturing cons- consent as as Noam Chomsky has always discussed it <laughs> Today in Nation of Gangsters, Nation of Gangsters, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, is about to unveil its net neutrality rollback plan. This character, Ajit Pai, the Republican chairman of the Federal Communications Commission, uh, is rolling out his plan today, which is basically going to destroy net neutrality. This is a very interesting Issue and I, I say it's a nation of gangsters because that's what it is. They've various gangs have captured the government, and this is certainly under the, the heading of run the regulators. So here's the FCC, which is supposed to be regulating corporations, but no, they're not. They're letting them do whatever the hell they want. Now, net neutrality has to do with, with this issue. It's 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 the issue of the throttle. Companies like Verizon, AT&T, and Charter Communications, they want to have the power to do whatever the hell they want. In other words, they want to be able to charge a lot of money to the big people like YouTube and give them the fastest bandwidth on the Internet. And then that's going to leave people like yours truly and Pundit's Pub in the lurch because we're going to have to go on to the slow lane. And this is outrageous. The the Obama administration um, came down on the side of of, of the uh, producers of content like Netflix or Google, and also you know the concept of net neutrality. And just today, John Worley, in the Washington mm. Post, there's an editorial written by your friend uh, Al Frank and your senator and and two other people I forget who they are, uh, mm. really pleading for the American people to. Uh, to rise up and and yell like crazy at their uh, Congress people, all those crooks. Uh, and it would be interesting, I think, to see um, how much money the various representatives and senators are getting from Verizon, AT&T, and Charter Communications. So we know, obviously, the Republicans are in bed with those people. And this is just well, gonna... What about the Justice Department? I mean, I heard uh, Franken's interview of Gorsuch. And he saw, you know, he 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 stood him up and said that, uh, you know, your position with the Trump campaign seemed a bit transactional, especially from the way they were characterizing you to their rallies. And and what bothers me about him is he wraps himself in precedent. And now Citizens United is precedent, which is the people you're talking about. I mean, so there's all kinds of protections coming their way. And so what do you think the chances of this, I mean, the, the net neutrality uh, bill, I mean, what, what do you think the future of that is based well, on? Well, here's the thing, you know, here, let's talk about facts here. In, in 1936, I think it was, you know, in, during the New Deal era, legislative era, there was the Communications Act of 1936, I believe was the date. And, and what that did was it actually Created regulated, regulated um, communications, uh, radio, television, you know, as television was developing. And 
And you actually had to have a license building, right? The, if you're WCBS in New York, oh yeah, you that's, need to have a license. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that uh, the public doesn't realize, and the public didn't even realize when things were better uh, in the news business. You can go into any radio station or television station in the United States and say, "I'd like to see your proof of performance," and the secretary will say, "What?" And uh, she will find that it is. The there. It has to be there, and uh, uh, and so uh, you can. Uh, the public could go in and demand to uh, see. In other in other words, how you get how you get a license is that you give BS that you're going to really for the community and all this, and then they give it to you, and then uh, the, uh, the the people that own the station are working their way around all those promises. And then and, uh, in 1996, during the Bill Clinton administration, we had the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which deregulated everything. They were mm-hmm. saying, oh, this is going to make more competition. This is classic neoliberalism, mm-hmm. where you, you pray it's market fundamentalism. You, 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 you position the free market as being this wonderful, gorgeous thing and every, there's going to be competition and we're going to, there's going to be no barriers to entry well the opposite happens and now we have thanks to bill clinton and the uh neoliberal democrats we have six major companies that control you know 90 percent of the news that we hear and and, and the entertainment you know rupert murdoch's news corporation viacom uh disney uh, yeah. and whoever um and and it's it, all the promises they make that deregulation is going to create this wonderful nirvana actually creates uh monopolization it creates consolidation it creates monopolization and it is a threat to democracy because it it simply um uh puts a control uh on the people and it's all propaganda anyway Somebody uh, want to talk about uh, about uh, Paul Wellstone? Uh, if Paul oh. Wellstone were alive, uh, and uh, the other senator, I forget his name, out of uh, Missouri, uh, uh, Missouri, uh, we would not uh, be in Iraq today. Oh. It was it was too um, it, it, it was the swing vote, uh, the Republicans versus the Democrats. And um, it it really was appalling that that plane went down. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. that I mean that is, and the public the public isn't even nobody has a the guts. I mean, yeah, some offbeat magazine and so forth does it, and I do it too, but uh, we're not really heard. Uh, would CBS, uh, for example, or would even the New York Times? Uh, explore the death of Paul Wellstone on that airplane flight. Mm. So you're know, suggesting we're kind of a bit of a conspiracy theory. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he was the only one that voted against the war. The only one mm. on one of those votes. Well, but why wow. kill him for that, though? That, that doesn't make sense to me. All right, we're, we're just about out of time here on Pundit's Pub. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for participating tonight. Thanks, Bill. Um, 
I particularly wanted to make Bill Dean uh, my first guest in, uh, of Pundit's Pub because he was Pundit's Pub is a concept I've been developing actually for I think almost 15, 20 years. Yeah. And uh, Bill helped me in earlier iterations and actors workshops that I was doing to, to develop the idea. We were thinking about it for television, which can still work at some point. But as we move forward in the weeks ahead, we're going to be tackling various uh, topics and hopefully adding segments of, of comedy. Uh, any, any, anybody out there who's a stand-up comic who does political humor, I'm interested in hearing from you. <laughs> And, sounds um, like he could go down that path. Yeah, we can. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of got a droll sense. I mean, we got to do. Uh, we got to mix it up here on Pundits Pub. That's what we're going to do. So we're out yeah. of time now, and I'd like to thank all of you for participating. And we're going to see you. Um, we're going to see you the next time on Pundits Pub. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.